Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and happy Thursday. A busy 24 hours. Just the news broke a story that all the media ultimately confirmed that the Justice Department, Jack Smith, the special counsel, has notified President Trump and his lawyers that the former president, the 45th president of the United States, is a target, meaning someone that is likely to be indicted in the near future. That is a required step in the U.S. Attorney's Manual, and it's another sign that the government is continuing to use all of its tools to tried to sideline Donald Trump, currently the front runner in the Republican Party, through the court system. Amazing moments. We'll see what the charges are. We're told that they deal with mishandling national secrets or national defense information, possible obstruction, possible false statements. We'll see exactly where that goes. We had a great story last night that we broke. It's getting traction everywhere across social media and on news sites around the country. And today we're going to hear from the congressman, Congressman Barry Loudermilk of Georgia, the chairman of the investigation subcommittee, the House Administration Committee. He's the guy overseeing the continuation of the January 6th security failures investigation. The security failures and intelligence failures haven't gotten the same attention as the January 6th Democratic Trump did it committee. And so we want to really focus on that because if the people's house, if one of the greatest institutions of our constitutional republic remains insecure, it deserves all of us, Republican, Democrat, independent. And to a person, every Capitol Police whistleblower or person that's been engaged with me, they've all said they don't believe the U.S. Capitol is any safer today than it was on January 5th, 2021. And that's a very unsatisfying answer. And there are a lot of different reasons for it, right? There are the reasons of intelligence failures. There are physical security failures. There are also personal, potential personal human failures. And the other day, we showed you that door on the Upper West Terrace that was left basically unguarded and unlocked. It opened and unlocked because of someone pushing the bar where 300 plus people poured into the Capitol. That is a major, major security failure. 
And today, the man who helped us get the videotape, Congressman Barry Loudermuck, chairman of that House Administration Subcommittee on Investigations, he joined Amanda and I. We're going to play that conversation for you at the top of the show. In addition to reacting to the very problematic security, physical security failures that we've identified, there is also another story that he brought to our attention. It's a powerful one. About a month ago, you saw I got a hold of a court filing, and in that court filing, the federal prosecutors acknowledged that there were some Metropolitan Police body cam footage that showed some of their undercover officers, and, and at least one of them seemed to be involved in instigating or prodding the crowd. Well, Congressman Barry Loudermilk has talked to the Metropolitan Police Department, the local police for Washington, D.C., and they confirmed to him that they had multiple plainclothes cops on the ground on the morning and day of January 6th during the Capitol riot, and that, yes, one of them is on the videotape exhorting the crowd, yelling, go, 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 maybe even helping someone scale a ladder to get into the building. That is a really super significant revelation. And again, it doesn't exonerate the people who did bad things, but it raises some questions as to what is going on in this video. And I think at this point, there is a really significant new set of questions. And I just want to, you're going to hear Congressman Barry Loudermack, but when you hear this, it looks like they're trying to climb the scaffolding with basically a a ladder-like device. And the undercover officer is telling him, go, go, go. What does that mean? pretty troublesome. And when you take into effect other things that we've seen on the camera, there is some real significant questions that I think needs to be answered. And I think at the end of the day, we're going to get to the bottom of that. But today's first guest is going to be Congressman Barry Loudermilk, who's overseeing the January 6th security failures, intelligence failures investigation. Then we're going to turn to the former Interior Secretary of the United States. He has a brand new book out, and it's a good one. And so I'm really looking forward to having former Interior Secretary David Bernhardt with his new book, As You Report to Me. It's a story about how he tried to take control of the bureaucrats who are supposed to be responsive to their cabinet secretary, but often try to do their own things. That is going to be another important part of the conversation. So Interior Secretary David Bernhardt, of course, will talk about oil, gas, exploration, the controversy around his successor, Deb Holland, a lot to talk about in the second half of that interview. So we're really looking forward to that. So back to back today, Congressman Barry Loudermock and former Secretary David Bernhardt, Interior Secretary, of course, right after these messages. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hi, 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Over the last few days, we've been lucky here at Real America's Voice Justin News to show you some of the exclusive security footage that came off the Capitol cameras from the January 6th riots. We're learning so much more. Yes, with the way Nancy Pelosi exited. Yes, that door that was left open uh, on the Upper West Side of the Capitol. And we're also beginning to see, as we've gone through the tape, some evidence that maybe there were some undercover officers uh, that were involved uh, on scene at uh, that day. And we know a lot of this because of the great work from our next uh, guest. He's Congressman Barry Laudermick from the great state of Georgia. He's the chairman of the investigative com- subcommittee on House administration that is still looking at the security failures that day. And he joins us right now. Congressman, welcome back to the show. John, man, it's good to be with you. You are doing such amazing work. In fact, every day I turn around, there's a new development. <laughs> I want to start, though, with something we showed people uh, on uh, yesterday, or I guess uh, Monday, excuse me, that was very jarring to a lot of people. Uh, some people go out a door that's marked a fire door, and then all of a sudden the door can be opened from the outside, and 300-plus people flow through that door without much police stopping them. Uh, your thought about the possibility that's a security breach that maybe hasn't been fully fixed yet? Uh, and, and that's what our big concern is. And the video that you're showing there is a, is a great example. Now, when we saw that, um, obviously, uh, this is something that the January 6th Select Committee chose not to look at with a security breach. And that's something we started looking at and it raised a lot of questions with us. So through interviews and doing a lot of research, uh, at least we have found out that there's an issue with those doors. Those are fire escape doors. And now we've had even people in my office accidentally, when you first get here, you, you're trying to figure your way right. around the Capitol, you hit one of those doors and alarm goes off. All right. And it unlocks that door because it's a fire door. The only way that that door can be secured is someone has to go to an office within the Capitol, get the key for that particular door and go back and then secure that door. Mm. Now, it has to deal with fire safety. Now, I, I'm not an expert on the building codes in the, the D.C. metro area, but I'm pretty sure that the U.S. Capitol doesn't fall under the jurisdiction of the building codes for the uh, District of Columbia. And uh, so anyhow, uh, what you see there, what appears to be is that officers are trying to get some of the folks that got into the Capitol out. Right. They've, they've, they've rounded some up. So they take them to this emergency fire door as soon as they hit that door. That door will remain unlocked for anyone to get in until someone goes to that office, gets a key and comes back up. And with the confusion, the melee that's going on in the Capitol at that time with the people, no one is even thinking about going to get a key and much less taking the time if they could get there. So I think that's the answer that we have to that 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 uh, issue. The question is. Has that changed? That is one of the areas that we're going to be looking at, because when it comes to securing the Capitol, besides the intelligence failures we talked about the other day, what other changes have been identified that were problems? Was this even identified? Have the Capitol Police looked at this or the uh, or the police board? And have they done anything to fix this problem? Yeah. Important question. Congressman, as it pertains to investigations into January 6th, Democrats got their bite at the apple and now Republicans. But there seem to be uh, two very different motives with these investigations. For Democrats, it seemed to be get Trump slash get Republicans. And for Republicans, it seems to be get safety and get security. Uh, you sent this letter to the chief of police at Metro PD requesting a lot of information that I would think would give you a very holistic view of the vulnerabilities. What's been the response to that? 
Actually, I was surprised. They've been very cooperative with us and uh, have provided us a, a lot of information. And it, we are just now getting the information and starting to go through it. And uh, because the approach that we're taking is a nonpartisan approach, we want the truth. So as you said, that we can get to security and safety, but also to only to get that, you've got to find where were the failures because you can't fix a problem unless you know what the problem is. And so, so far, the requests that we have made to the U.S. Capitol Police and the Metropolitan Police Department, they have been very cooperative. And I think it's because we don't have a preconceived narrative going into this. We're not trying to find evidence to support a decision that we've already made and the story that we want to get to or a Hollywood production or primetime TV. Look, I, as an American, as a member of the United States Congress, I don't want to that I'm afraid that we're going to find out some answers of things that I really wish we wouldn't find out. I want to think that our capital is secure, that the seat of our republic, the most powerful legislative body in the world, is both open to the public but secure. And uh, I, I would love to find out that that is the case. But as we know, it's not the case. And the only way that we can make sure that it is secure in the future is to get to the truth, no matter how hard that truth really is. Yeah. The first time we had you on the show, you said you were going to follow the facts wherever they lead. And I think that you've really shown that, sir. And we're getting to really understand things. One question that's been out there, were there undercover law enforcement agents in the crowd? What were they doing there? I believe you got some information from the Metropolitan Police Department that there were some undercovers, including people that are shown in this footage that leaked on Rumble. Could you tell us what you've learned? Yeah, we have. And look, I, I would expect in a large gathering like this that the U.S. Park Police, that's their jurisdiction up right. until you get on the Capitol grounds, that they would have, you know, undercover uh, officers out there just monitoring to make sure no one has weapons and that type of thing. But as we were finding out, there were maybe uh, undercover officers from other federal departments, including the Metropolitan Police Department. The video that you're showing right now is something that has been out on Rumble. And I can tell you that from the information that we received from the Met Metropolitan Police Department, I can verify that this video is from a Metropolitan Police undercover officer. Now, the concern that we have is that at one point on this video, it appears that this officer is uh, encouraging people to climb the scaffolding and go into the Capitol. And so this is the concerning part to me. And again, as we, if you're going to go after the truth, you have to look at things very objectively. So we need to look at it from several angles, but it is really, really difficult to, to get beyond the fact that at one point, the person who is, uh, it, this is a GoPro video camera that the Metropolitan Police Department sent us this same footage. So we know that it is one of their officers. And at one point he is encouraging and it appears he's encouraging, but he's definitely helping people climb the scaffolding and he's telling them, go, go, go. So that opens the door of, OK, we have officers there. Why is an officer encouraging people to climb the scaffolding and go into the Capitol? And secondly, why did the MPD uh, Metropolitan Police Deport Department decide to put undercover officers in the crowd? Was there intelligence that they had that was or was not passed on to the, the Capitol Police, and what did the Capitol Police do with that ev evidence if they got it? All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, former Trump Interior Secretary David Bernhardt, he's an expert on oil and gas and the public parks and public lands, and also 
has some very strong thoughts about the deep state, the administrative state, the permanent bureaucracy. He's got a brand new book out, You Report to Me, that talks about efforts and thoughts on gaining control of the federal bureaucracy. We'll have that right after these messages. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Over the last few years, the, the term of the deep state has been used a lot. And people say, well, what is it? And sometimes it means the FBI going after President Trump without a basis and basically hampering the first half of his presidency. Sometimes it means an agency that goes and creates law that it doesn't have the right to create. It's not a lawmaking body. And sometimes it's an agency that simply has the bureaucrats who don't feel like they're responsible to the president, the American people elected or the duly elected or duly chosen cabinet members that that president makes. Our next guest has put a masterpiece together. I think it may be one of the most important pieces of literature to really understand not only what the deep state is as a problem, it's long-term consequences for you and I, the American people. Joining me right now, former Interior Secretary David Bernhardt, the author of a brand new book called You Report to Me. What an interesting concept. Bureaucrats might have to report to their bosses again. Mr. Secretary, what a great opportunity to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It is an extraordinary moment because this book comes out right as the Supreme Court unanimously really clips the wings of environmental regulators saying, you have to stop making law that hasn't been made. You're not a legislator. That 9-0 ruling uh, in the waters of the USA, which we've been talking about in the show a lot, pretty resounding message to bureaucrats who think they've got the power. You know, that's exactly right. And that is exactly right. There was literally decades of... Uh, agency interpretation trying to stretch uh, the law like a rubber band. And, and after, you know, going back and forth uh, from the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court finally said, okay, we're going to give you uh, the reading of the law and we're going to be clear about it. And we're going to take away, um, you know, some of the ambiguity that might have been left for um, the agency to um, exercise some discretion in. And it, it was a huge statement it's a massive shot across the bow to the entire uh, administrative state that, look, we're going to, you know, we, the court, are going to be um, thoughtful on you trying to stretch these laws in ways that are just absolutely beyond the pale. Um, and it's a huge step for um, improved representative government, frankly. Yeah, it really is pretty remarkable. I've talked to a lot of your colleagues who were at the cabinet level of the Trump administration to a person. They all have the same story, which is 
try to tell bureaucrats what to do, and they just ignore the power of the cabinet secretary. Bill Barr saw this at the Justice Department. You saw it at Interior. Uh, other people saw it at the Pentagon. The idea that there's actually a perceived fourth branch of government, meaning that the administrative state doesn't resp- respond to the executive branch, the judicial branch, or the legislative branch, seems to be more and more real for people, particularly those who've been in the government. How bad is it? Well, how bad was it when you were in the Interior Department? Well, you know, it's really interesting. Uh, what we, what I did with the book, You Report to Me, Accountability for the Failing Administrative State, is we actually, before, um, before we wrote the book, um, one of my colleagues, uh, James Shirk, uh, went around and interviewed a whole series of former political appointees in the Trump administration. And he cataloged, and I include um, some snippets of this in the book, he cataloged um, you know, just a series of stories of true resistance, um, of stonewalling, of actually affirmatively doing the opposite of what was asked. It's an extraordinary um, display in, in in the book. But what was shocking to me, John, is is I can I served in two administrations. I served in the George W. Bush administration and in the Trump administration. And when I went back into the Department of the Interior and the Trump administration. You could just see um, how far, just in in literally a you know a decade, a decade and a half, the 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 agent the the employees within the agency had moved um, quite dramatically. In in the George W. Bush administration, some people might not help you, but you could easily work around them. What's what's indicated in this book um, and highlighted are examples of just where there was active resistance to the um, direction um, that 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 was given. And and that simply is, is extraordinarily troubling for me. And it's why I ended up deciding to write the book, because whatever one thinks of whoever's elected, you know, sometimes the person that's elected is going to be, um, you know, somebody from my team, somebody, sometimes it's going to be somebody from another team, but our entire system depends, depends on the 2.2 million civil servants working with the political appointees of the, um, whoever's elected to drive lawfully in the direction of the president's policies. And the reason the reason that is, is because without that, there's absolutely no, um, you know, there's no reflection of the will of the people. The policy views of the president, whomever they are, are the embodiment of the, the people's views. And so um, when we step back and say, oh, no, we can resist that, um, that is incredibly problematic. And, and the best example, the best example of what it was like in the Trump administration was actually is actually an example that was written up by a, a, a career civil servant named Deborah Burks, who served um, with Fauci during COVID. And she wrote a book. And in her book, she lays out what she calls a workaround. And what this was, was she needed to, she had information that she wanted to get to the public. She um, needed to go through a review process with the vice president's office. She would send a a draft document to the vice president's office to look at. They would look at it and they would make edits. She would get the edits back. She would make the edits where they wanted them. But then to the extent that there was information in the document that she didn't like that they had taken out or changed, she would re 
um, reinsert it somewhere else in the document and then send it back to see if they could catch it. And if they didn't catch her, you know, hidden red lines, it was good to go. And, and she called that a workaround in any other place. We would call that insubordination, but more importantly to me to just see how far the career bureaucracy has gone. She not only did that, but then she proceeded to write a book explaining that she did it as a good thing. And, and that says to me that the entire hierarchy um, at the very senior career staff level has moved in a direction that basically says, you know, whoever's in charge, I can just find a workaround. And that is completely unsustainable if we're going to have any faith in our electoral process. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. It's so important. There is a whole generation of Republicans excited to get in line and maybe serve in the next Republican presidential uh, campaign and then in the next administration. What are some of the best advice that you, as someone who's led a large federal agency, and by the way, probably will lead another one, you're on a lot of people's short list, I'm sure, to start fixing this problem, to begin to create the sort of responsiveness that bureaucrats used to have and are supposed to have to their elected leaders and the cabinet secretaries that they represent? Well, first off, I'm very, very encouraged because the courts are headed in the right direction, I think. But there's a lot that agency leaders can do. And here's what it takes to drive change. And you hear, you know, a whole host of presidential candidates talking about driving change. But here's what it really takes. It takes clear and consistent um, direction from the top to, hey, make make change in um, in the federal government. So number one, it takes that at the top from the president themselves. Number two, and this is where things start getting tricky, it takes political leaders in these jobs who know um, the issues, know the law, and are willing willing to be held accountable for the agency's actions. Because here under the law, and this is pretty interesting, so for example, at the Department of the Interior, the job of the Secretary of the Interior is actually to supervise all functions of the department, not some functions, um, but all functions. And, and the word supervise is both an active verb and it can uh, denotes an element of accountability. And when is the last time you saw a cabinet officer say, hey, my agency really screwed up and I'm accountable for it? And, and what we need is we need people in these jobs that have the courage to act, are willing to be held accountable, and will accept responsibility on their shoulders. For example, during COVID, um, one of the questions at Interior was, are we going to open or close? You know, what are we going to do with the national parks? And we had a short period of time with the stop that spread where we closed. And I had, was under immense pressure to close the national parks. And I basically said, you know, I sat down with the scientists. I studied the issue myself. And I said to the scientists, I'll make the decision. I'll make it. You're not going to be held accountable for it. I am. And I made the decision um, after studying all of the information that we would uh, keep the parks open while closing, you know, some of the facilities like the movie theaters and these types of things. As a result of that, John, 220 million people went to the national parks in the summer of 2020 that wouldn't have otherwise gone to them. And, and to be frank, the civil servants were very happy that I made the decision because then they didn't have um, the accountability of, of owning it. When I was the solicitor of the Department of the Interior, which is the chief lawyer, often the leaders of the agency would say to me, 
give me an answer that, you know, just give me your answer. And they wanted me to say legally they only had one choice so that they wouldn't be held accountable for making a bad choice. And at the end of the day, you know, leaders need to ex- grab the grab the element of accountability and responsibility. And then they need to begin, and this is where things get tricky, we need to begin to think thoughtfully about how to improve the civil service. Um, for example, President Trump had Schedule F. Um, in my book, uh, I, I recommend that we think about going to outwill employees um, in these agencies over time. That's something that Congress really ought to think about because there needs to be greater accountability in the system so that we can, you know, deliver better results for the American people. Yeah, such an important mission. If we're going to have a functioning government going forward, this is perhaps when I talk to people, even people in the bureaucracy that are career people believe in the goodness of government. They say this is the issue we got to get underhand or we're going to be so dysfunctional. When you look out now, one of the big options, the Republicans always dreamed of doing this. There's been some successes over time. The new Gingrich years brought it. The ability to one of the fastest ways to lower the power of the federal bureaucracy is simply to shrink it, get it down and shrink it down. But do we really need five and a half trillion or six and a half trillion dollars of spending a year? Do you think that Republicans are building really meaningful plans now that if they get in control of all the branches of government again, they could literally shrink the government to something that Americans would be proud of again? So here, here's what I say to every every um, legislator that I meet. I mean, this shocked me when I was a cabinet secretary. In all of my times testifying uh, before Congress, you know what I was? I was never asked, "Are what it, what are um, the the goals of your program, and are you accomplishing them?" And I think we literally have dozens, hundreds, maybe thousands of programs that were a good idea at one time, maybe, but they're just simply on autopilot. And I, and I really believe Congress should just simply, and I, this is one of the recommendations I make in the book, basically they should say for, to every cabinet secretary, if you're going to come up here and ask for money, you explain how you're accomplishing your mission. Because, because if we can't simply do that, we have no goal. We're just on autopilot. And, and I believe fundamentally that there are a raft of programs that, that could be um, consolidated. We could redirect the energy um, for these programs and use it to actually achieve results. I mean, have we won the war on poverty yet? Have we won the war on improving education? You know, at the end of the day, these programs should be held accountable for the outcomes that they're achieving. And when they're not achieving outcomes, Congress ought to be thinking, can we get a better program, a different program or no program and, um, and move forward. And we're not doing that. We just build new programs. That's all we do. We build new programs. Yeah. Such an important thing. We just keep building. We never do. We never decline them. We never get them back. uh, It's a one way street. But I do think that that moment is coming. It seems like there's a growing will. Even some of the Democrats I talk to now realize this isn't sustainable anymore. We got to get more smart. 
Sir, what's the best way to get your book? This is, I think, one of the most important conversations every American has to have. What's the best way to get You Report to Me? Well, you can go to youreporttome.com or Amazon or wherever you want to go. It's available everywhere, and it's a great book. It is highly endorsed by President Trump, your former boss, too, who talked about how tough and capable you were as a cabinet. You actually got the government to do what it was supposed to do, and I think he has great respect for you. Before we leave, there's a lot of concern about Interior Secretary Deb Holland. There's some congressional scrutiny over some New Mexico drilling orders she gave to stop drilling. It looks like it might be tied to a group that has some connections to her. Is the Interior Department floundering a little bit right now? Well, look, I mean, I think it all starts with the, you know, at the end of the day, um, the president of the United States has declared climate alarmism more important than cheap, inexpensive, affordable, and um, useful energy to Americans. And as a result of that, we're paying more for every single thing we buy. American workers are not uh, reaping the benefits that they could. And this is a direct result. Um, you know, the actions at Interior are the direct result of climate extremism at full throttle. And that's just simply what you're seeing, and it's hostility to American homegrown energy. Yeah, that's it. And it's putting every every everyday American in some really significant trouble. I mean, making ends meet is becoming harder and harder because energy just doesn't affect your gas tank. It affects the cost of the food. It affects the cost of the products you buy. Yeah, everything goes up when energy goes up. Sir, it is such a great honor to have you on the show. Congratulations on what I think is an essential conversation. Your book is prompting this conversation at just the right moment in American history. And uh, I look forward to getting you back on real soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, John. It's a great honor, sir. Thank you so much. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, thanks for joining me today. So glad you can be a part of this. As you know, we have incredible partners all throughout our ecosystem. And with Father's Day coming up in just about 10 days, I want to shout out some of my favorite folks in the food space. Meats by Linz, L-I-N-Z, Meats by Linz. If you want restaurant-quality steaks to put on your grill, put in your oven, to wow your family and personally take care of your personal palate, well, the place to go is Shop Linz. The Linz shop is amazing. And you go to shoplinz.com, you're going to get the sort of steaks you get at a five-star restaurant. They're incredible. They come right to your door. You can also throw in some Angus steak burgers and gourmet beef franks. Why not? They taste a lot better than the ones you get in the store. But for Father's Day, it's a great gift for your dad, for a loved one in your life that you want to celebrate Father's Day with. And you can treat your dad 
to the highest quality of meats from the Lynn Shop. For our listeners, the Lynn Shop is offering, get a load of this, 15% off when you use the promo code JUSTNEWS at shoplins.com. Shop, L-I-N-Z.com. Now bring a five-star dining experience to your backyard this Father's Day with favorites like Angus Steak Burgers and Gourmet Beef Banks. And for the dad who loves to grill or just wants you to show off to friends like I do, the Lynn Shop offers dry-aged porterhouses, tomahawks, that's my favorite, by the way, party packs, and so much more. Now, go get 15% off and make your dad happy this Father's Day. Go to shoplins.com, shop, L-I-N-Z.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS, all one word, and you're going to get 15% off. That's shoplins.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Make your dad happy. By the way, throw some steaks in for yourself as well. It's a great deal. All right, folks, thanks for listening to another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. God bless you. God bless this incredible country, as he always has from the day of its founding and every day since. You've been listening to my favorite podcast, my own. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great night. <laughs>